With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Daddy said public enemy the intro. You're on Kenneth Jones. Good morning, Black Urban America. How are you this morning? It's been another week. I don't have too much to talk about today, which is unusual, but there are two issues that's concerning me. I just learned there was a young person, another young person, I forgot what state was said. Now it's like it's all clawed up because every month, every week now, you know, somebody's getting shot by police. There was this kid, 15-year-old, that was held down by a police officer and shot three times in the back. In Chicago, there was another incident of police cover-up by a young man being shot by a police officer. I just want to know, again, what is going on? What is going on while law enforcement, where they feel a need to shoot our black youth down? It's not even black youth. They shoot black men, adult men down also. Why do we have this friction with law enforcement? What can we do as a society to improve these this relationship between law enforcement and the black community. It's no longer in the urban areas. It's no longer in the urban areas. It's like wherever a bunch, a bunch of black folks live, black men, when they, wherever they have to go, uh, uh, teenagers, wherever they have to go, they'll be shot down. This concerns me. And it should concern you. It's like we are having battles with the with the criminal justice system. We are having battles with the law enforcement agency across the nation. It really concerns me on how people, on how black men are being shot dead in the streets. Now, I know people will argue and say that we're shooting each other. Well, 
That's right. And we should be concerned about that. That's true. But we should be concerned about both issues. Black folks, we got to stop shooting each other. And just maybe by these actions of stop shooting each other, other people stop shooting. Or we could then we could turn our energies towards the folks <laughs> that want to do us harm. What is going on in American society? Why are we? Why are we? I mean, like, police brutality, police killing black folks have been going on for hundreds of years. But now, today, through the social media, it's like at the forefront of our concerns. What we should be focusing on, we cannot focus on because now we got to focus on for our lives. Because now it's all over social media. And then you have this other traditional media that's not even reporting this. Like, I learned a lot of this stuff. I learned a lot of this information on social media. It's not coming on CNN, WNBC, Fox. But it's all over social media. You have organizations now that are forming are really want to address this issue in another manner. And they're not talking about marching. They're not talking about going to the justice system. How can you go to a... First of all, let's look at it. It's the criminal justice system that is unfair to the black community. Now, how can you go to a system that's unfair to your community that asks them to be fair. How can you do it? So what are some ways where, you know, I'm thinking of solutions. What are some solutions that we could come up with to cope with these issues? And there have been many solutions that I read about that have been posted but I just want to give you some info. Whatever solution that you select to deal with this, to deal with this phenomenon, you have to go all the way. You have to go all the way. In order to get freedom, and justice and equality because as citizens of America under the Constitution well the Mr. Richard Jones your guest yeah. is on oh Mr. Jonathan Newton is on uh, every time I'm about to get on the road here come the guests good morning Mr. Jonathan Newton how are you this morning I'm I'm doing good I was I've been on. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
thank you for coming on the show. I thank you for uh, uh, to come and inform our uh, listening audience that um, about law enforcement, about the criminal justice system. I I know that um, I know that that you've been involved with the criminal justice system. Yes, I'm here. Uh, there's some te- technical. Uh, okay, we're fine now. Fighting uh, justice. I know. So, why don't you explain a little bit about your background? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Queen Mother Fola. Uh, something wrong with this? Quit. Hello. Yes. I can, he can't hear me. Uh, he dropped off. He'll be calling back in. Okay. All right. Before he came on, I was saying, what was I saying? Oh. We should be focusing on issues like reparations. Education for our kids, community development, housing. There are so many issues that our community has to find solutions for. He's called back in, Mr. Jones. Huh? He's called back in. He continued. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry about that, uh, Mr. Newton. Uh, we must be having some kind of must be having some kind of connectivity to connectivity problem. Yeah, yeah do you have up. your show on? Or do you have it on? Say that again. Uh, no, I only have it. I'm only I'm only call, having it on through the phone. Okay, uh, Mr. Jones, could you take off your headphones, please? Okay. I got to talk in the microphone? Yes. Yes. Is this better? I mean, I can hear you crystal clear. Is it better? Yes. Well, how can I hear Mr. Newton? I don't have my earphones. Could you hold on one minute, please? Okay. All right. Are we still connected? Are we still connected? Yeah. Still connected. Still connected. He's still connected. Mr. Newton? Hello? Not connected. Hello? 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 
Hello? Yes, Hello? you are still Yes, you are still connected. He he uh um, um, back on. Okay, I'm here. This is Jonathan Newton. Okay. Can we go now, Queen Mother? Can we go now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Can you explain to our audience a little bit about your background? Well, I'm a former law enforcement officer. Uh, Right now, I'm a second-year law student at the University of the District of Columbia, David A. Clark School of Law. Uh, I got involved with police accountability work in August of 2014 after the uh, situation uh, broke out in Ferguson. Uh, My background, uh, I I served some time involved with law enforcement down in the uh, metropolitan Georgia, uh, Atlanta area in Georgia, Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, saw some things that uh that in 2008 that were peculiar uh i went through a situation myself uh with uh after i after i blew the whistle uh went through a situation myself uh where i was uh indicted and subsequently the charges were were just were dropped and that's when i decided to come to law school so i'm here but yeah so we we started our organization last year. Uh, we've been advocating for accountability and transparency uh, and reform of the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. So how is that going? I mean, it's an ongoing work. Uh, we have or, we have our organization in about six different locations now. Uh, we have uh, you know interest from various groups that uh, that are working in the exact same space. We collaborate with uh, three or four groups right now. What we try to do right now is 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 really inform and educate the public on the processes that are allowing some of the conditions that you spoke of earlier to exist uh, with the criminal justice system in terms of police brutality. Uh, police brutality is kind of the end result of a system that that's in need of reform. So it's the it's the most visible it's the most visible portion of a system that does other things as well to black and brown people and also I would say to poor white people as well. So okay. it's it's, okay. it's 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 a problem that exists but not by itself. It's a problem that is an effect of a system that really is 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 in need of uh, reform from the inside out. So. Hey, I hear somebody whispering in the background. Let's... That's that's um, the engineer. That's Queen Mother. That's Queen Mother. She's still working on this technology. Um, official. Oh, I can talk again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, who booked this for me? Why are we having these problems? Hello? 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 Uh, You can hear me? He can hear you can call back. 
Oh, you got caught back in again? <sighs> Come on, that's... Hello? Oh, okay. Um, um, I hope Mr. Newt will call back in so uh, we could continue this interview. And um, I'm sorry to tell you we had a lot of technical difficulties this morning. I don't know why we don't have no te- technical difficulties in the past two, three months. Since I've been on the board. So I don't know why all of a sudden we got technical difficulties. You know, I'm, well, I'm not a, uh, uh, a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, but there's no such thing as um, uh, coincidence, neither. So let me just get back to what uh, I was saying, and hopefully Mr. Newton uh, will call back. Um, I have issues with the way we are being... Matter of fact, I've been having issues since I was a child. The way um, uh, uh, African-Americans have been treated in our country. Um, It seems that the playing field is not level. The playing field is not level for us. And um, we are having difficulties in our educational system. We're having difficulties with housing. For example, every year that I've been on this earth, the black man has the highest number of unemployment. Number one. We've never been number two, never been number three. We always win that category. The highest unemployment rate, even with the country is experiencing wealth and everybody doing well, the black man still has the highest unemployment rate. Our school system has always, always been concerned in the urban, especially in the urban areas. And that's one of the reasons why uh, 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 folks move to other areas, move out the community, because that's the because of the educational system. And now today, the most prominent issue is gang violence in our communities. Why? Why? Do we have these gangs that roam in our community? I think, Mr. New, you're back. I am. Okay. I'm sorry. Like I was playing to the audience, we, I never spent this problem before. I've been, I've been on the air for three months. Like I had 13 shows. Uh-huh. And this is the first time I had these experiences with the the blog talk people. And I wonder why. Uh-huh. I wonder why. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder why. Uh, uh, 
Okay, let's go on with the. Uh, well, when I just called the number, when I just called the number to come on the show, it it, it 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 takes my call and then it hangs it up, and it takes my call and it, and so I called it like three times, and it takes the call and then it hangs it up. So I don't I don't understand that. But I don't know neither. And, and all of a sudden we got this issue. It never happened before. You know, uh-huh. to me, there's no such thing as coincidence. Right. So um, so since you are a law enforcement background. Why begin an organization against law enforcement? How about that blue wall? Well, you want to talk about the blue wall, or you want to talk about the conditions that allow the blue wall? But you answer the question any way you want to. You know, I said, why mm-hmm. begin an organization against police brutality when you from that that discipline? That profession? Well, because I, I I think that the profession needs reform. That's 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 definitely, you know, there are there are a number of, of brothers who are out here who are former law enforcement officers. Uh, Ron Hampton, right here in D.C., is a former law enforcement officer, 23 years with the Metropolitan Police Department, and there are issues and concerns that uh, that allow us to have a perspective that uh, that that we can at least begin to attack the the issues uh, from a more uh, at least a more transparent. We know. What happens in there? Reddit Hudson out in, uh, in Ferguson, Missouri, has been on CNN several times. These are all former law enforcement officers. Without having the background of knowing how agencies work, it's 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 you know the average citizen is kind of shooting into the dark. So, you know, for me, there there never was a blue wall of silence. For me, uh, if there's you know if if you're doing law enforcement work, then you, in order to hold the public accountable, you have to be willing to hold yourselves accountable as an organization. And so law enforcement cannot be uh, above the law when it comes time to, to, to look at, uh, you know, whether these, these organizations are doing the things that, uh, that promote the public good. Well, let me ask so, you this. Mm-hmm. You described this brother named Ron Hampton from mm-hmm. D.C., and his other brother from Ferguson as former law enforcement officers. Why right. don't current law enforcement officers get involved? Well, and he knows I did bring up I, color. I'll use, I, I'll say that again. He knows I just said black police officers get involved. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, black or white. You know, inside law enforcement agencies. Uh, for the most part, and I'll say this, you know, for, for the most part, there there really is no mechanism to allow an officer to come forward and not jeopardize his freedom, his livelihood, and potentially his life. And that's one of the things that, that, that we need to make sure as a society that we put in place so that an officer has a place that he can really come to and actually get the process rolling. You got to realize, if an officer comes forward, he's going forward normally to his internal affairs division, or he's coming forward to a professional uh, uh, responsible professional uh, responsibility or a, a department of his own department. And so, we need to take accountability uh, uh, processes away from law enforcement offices and actually make them independent, citizen-driven. Uh, organizations, so that if there's a citizens review board, it needs to be uh, it needs to be appointed or elected by citizens and not by mayors or other politicians. 
So officers who are inside of an agency, they don't have a real mechanism to go that uh, that, that allows them to actually speak uh, truth to whatever is happening. You know, if you do, the very first thing that's going to happen is, you're, the very least of things that are going to happen is you're going to lose your job. Uh, okay. Then the second thing is, you know, uh, if, if they really get anxious and excited, you know, get get excited about it, you're probably going to lose your freedom, get trumped up on some charges. And then the third thing that's going to happen if, uh, if this happened up in New York with Frank Serpico was you might end up, you know, having somebody try to take your life. So these are these are real serious issues, uh, and the blue wall of silence is real, but. We have to create a mechanism and an environment where an officer can feel able and, 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 and capable of coming forward with whatever allegations that they have. And we don't have that right now in America. Well, let me say this to that, Mr. Newton. Um, sometimes we are in the struggle. There are going to be consequences, especially with the people that are leaving the struggle, especially the people that are like at the top of the struggle, mm-hmm. that started the struggle. Sometimes there are sacrifices that you have to be. I mean, there are people that lost their lives for us. Absolutely. And this is a part of a struggle right now. And there are going to be some consequences. And sometimes and there's a there's a saying, you know, the first one through the door gets the money. So, um, <laughs> so you know, like like you gotta ask yourself, you know, can you sleep at night with all this going on? So, um, well, well, let's 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 go back to let's go back to the agencies themselves. Okay. Every individual, every individual that becomes a police officer has a choice to make when 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 he sees wrongdoing from the agency. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people can 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 sleep well at night uh, because they have no conscience. Others cannot sleep well at night and they come forward. What I'm saying is is it's incumbent upon society to create. We have we have we have ways in America for everybody to tell on everything. So we need to create a way in America for good cops to be able to tell on bad cops. That's what I'm saying. I, there's obviously going to be consequences regardless of whether that person is protected or not. I'm just trying to create a, I, I my suggestion is that we create a solution that reduces some of those consequences. That That's all. You know, we, when an officer decides to come forward, if he decides to break the, the, the code of silence, that, 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 that he can at least hold on to his job while he proves out this, this situation. And there's supposed to be situa- there's supposed to be mechanisms in place, but there's not. I know you might have answered this question already, but I'm going to ask it directly. I know your response is you hit it to us, but I really want you to really focus on this question. Do you feel our criminal justice system in America is racist and justice towards the black community across the country? I've spoken about this many times before. And across the banner on our on our Facebook page, it says that uh, you know it, it talks about institutionalized racism. Right. The only way for institutionalized racism to continue to exist is to allow racist people to continue to exist within our institutions. If we can discover who practices terrorism in far places, certainly we can discover who practices racism within our own criminal justice system. So I want to distinguish two types of racism that are operative in America. 
for the audience. The first mm-hmm. type is the type that we all, anybody can see, even a child can see. It's the type that, you know, they dress up in hoods and, and they wear all kinds of uh, costumes and they march and they, 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 they make all kinds of pledges to Hitler or they make pledges to, uh, you know, uh, secret organizations and fraternities. Those are what we call the, the low-hanging fruit racist, you know, the easy mm-hmm. spots. Everybody can recognize those. But what we don't recognize in America is if an individual enforces a policy or a law that is racist in its creation, a policy or a law that is racist in its creation, that type of person is what I would call an institutionalized racist. So by the very nature of their 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 enforcement of that particular type of policy, they've become an institutionalized racist. So when we talk about the criminal justice system in America, you have to look at it historically. Historically, the criminal justice system in America was based on the criminal justice system in Europe and in England, and it was based on a feudal system. During that time, you only had the nobles were the only people who had laws basically enforced for them. So I'll repeat that again. The nobles, the people, the, 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 the landed class, were the only people who had laws enforced for them inside some of the courts. Now transition that to America. When we had our Civil War, the first yeah. thing that happened was the 13th Amendment allegedly freed slaves. But what allegedly. it did do, the I say allegedly, allegedly. It, uh, my key word there is allegedly, what it right. did do was it actually put prerequisites on what could constitute or what could put somebody in a situation of continued forced slavery, okay? And right. that condition is that that individual needed to be convicted of a felony. So that policy in and of itself, when you really look at What has been done throughout American history when it comes to our criminal justice system as relates to uh, uh, black people, you can look at and say that there has been a continual line from today to our creation that our criminal justice system has been used to oppress black people. So I can say with all definity that our criminal justice system in the hands of some people can is still used today to oppress black people. Yes. Really? Does that answer your question? Oh, Harley. Yes. Yeah. So, so let's Explain go a little bit deeper. Let's go in Chicago. Explain what's going let's, on let's in Chicago. Deep, huh? let's, 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 let's go a little bit deeper into, into our criminal justice system. Because what you see, in, yeah, what you see in Chicago is, and I and I'm saying it could be Chicago, it could be Ferguson, it could be Columbia, South Carolina, it could be right there in Atlanta, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. They had a brother who was backing away from police officers, and 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 one of the attorneys that I know down there is handling his case, and the police officer shot him in a car. He was he was he was fleeing. Okay, it could be anywhere. Those are symptoms of a greater problem, and that's what I want people to see. We're concentrating on police brutality, and that's and it's 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 rightfully so because it it, it it's being shown in the public. Okay, it's being right. shown on social media, and and it and it and it, 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 it inflames and it evokes our emotion. But we're getting to and we're finally getting to see what used to be rumor in our communities. 
Okay. Right. So what we're what we're what, what what I'm trying to get people to see is that you're just looking at one fifth of a fivefold system that is being used to oppress black people. And until you begin to look at the system in its entirety and reform it, you should expect those conditions and those symptoms to continue. Well, how do we reform a corrupt system? We still live, we still live, and this this is the problem that I have. Have we really tried democracy as a people? We're the lowest turnout of all the voters in America, and that's why nobody respects our vote, because we still have not engaged. People fought and died for us to have the right to vote, but we still cannot say since that right has been given that we have actively participated in that process. And I say that with all conviction. Do you well, know why listen, people don't let me, want to let me, vote? Yeah, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me go ahead and let me lay out the, 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 the cycle ahead, that ahead, we've been through. Yes. When we first started voting for people, we got fooled even by some of our own people who ran to the front of the line and said, I want to run to represent the black community. And these were a bunch of Uncle Tom handkerchief head Negroes who ran to the front of the line because they got their degrees and their diplomas and they've been just dying to get out the community. Right. And we elected them based on skin color alone. We never saw those people advocating for our community before they became leaders, elected leaders in our community. But somehow or another, abracadabra, they became our leaders. And we experienced that failed leadership for sometimes 20 and 30 years inside our communities. And so what we do, so people became disenchanted with the process, and rightfully so. They said, well, I'm not going to vote. These Negroes don't mean us no good, and the white man's still controlling them. But that's not the solution is not to vote. The solution is to get some more advocacy-minded individuals to represent your interests on a city council, on a, on a, on a county commission, on a uh, state legislator. You have to have people who are genuinely concerned about your interests. And we have not been able to put those types of people in office because those types of people generally say, I'm not interested in voting. I don't care about running. I don't so we live in a country that is still controlled by a political process. We have to engage that process. Let me, let me, let me give you a – we're in the midst of a uh, presidential uh, uh, election that's taking place right now. Right. And we have two candidates over on our side, uh, on the Democratic side, I should say. I don't want to say right. our side. And then we got, you know, uh, the insane clown posse on the Republican side. Right Now, we, you know, people are telling people in our communities, you shouldn't vote for Bernie Sanders because he's not electable. We continue to be politically immature and allow people to tell us who to vote for. We should be telling them who we're going to vote for. I don't care whether it's Bernie or not. I'm just saying we should be telling people who we're going to vote for. And it should be people who represent our interests. That's what the whole notion of democratic elections are, people who represent our interests. Let me ask you, Mr. Newton. Let me ask you something. So you're Mm -hmm. saying that each elected official should have on his platform a black agenda? Damn right. Okay. Me. Why so? One hundred. I mean, let me let me go ahead and rephrase that for you. Do 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 the Jews have an agenda that protects their community and their country? Yes. 
Okay, yes. and as they should, do the Asians have an agenda that represents the interest and survival and prosperity of their community? They do. Yes, they do. And, and they should. And they should. Do the Latinos have an interest and an agenda that, 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 that fosters their interest and prosperity? Yes, they yes, do. And they should. Yeah, immigration. So we have... Uh, there's still a bit of, 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 of you, you get folks, you know, I mean, I'm not one of them, but you get folks who talk about, well, you know, we, we, you know, we shouldn't be so separatist. And I'm not talking about being separatist. America is separatist. I'm talking right. about being, I'm talking about being independently sufficient, anybody else's input into our community. See, I run a house here. It's called the Newton House. Mm-hmm. And we have a newtocracy in here. Uh, me and the wife get together and we create law and the children abide by the law. And everything that happens in here, nobody outside these walls has one damn thing to do with it. Okay? Now, if the children want to leave, they're invited to leave. Okay? But we we create our agenda for the prosperity and for the benefit of our family. And all we're saying when we say that is, we're not asking for any more, but in the words of Adam Clayton Powell, we're sure not going to accept any less than my neighbors to the right or to the left of me. And so as a community, as a community, we are not asking for any more when we come to the thrones of justice in America, asking for, we're not asking for any more. We're not asking to be known as a superior race. We're asking for equal treatment under the law. And if the Constitution is the Constitution, those words are in there, and they should apply accordingly to all people, black, white, what have you. I want to ask you this question, Mr. Newton. mm -hmm. There is a segment in our community. They don't want to go through the democratic process anymore. They're tired. There's a section in our community. They are tired of marching. They are tired of protesting. They are tired of boycotting. It's only one last strategy. What would you say to Mm -hmm. that? uh, You know what the strategy I'm talking about, right? What would you say to Well, be be, be clear on it. Be clear on it. Uh, Well, there... Is a sec there? There's a segment in our community. It's, it's said mm-hmm. it's time to pick up arms. Mm-hmm. So it's time to fight physically. So let me let me let, let's start off. Let's start off with that just first and foremost on a strategic level. Okay. Mm-hmm. We make up about 13 percent of the population in America. Right. Of that 13% that we make up, less than 20% of us are armed. And I say to those brothers who are at the... Yeah, less than 20% of us are armed. Wow. Okay? Look at the numbers. Look at the... So, before we... You know, what we're doing there is out of frustration, we're giving up on processes. In some processes, I can say that... I, I mean, have we really tried them in our generation? In our generation, I don't know how old you are. I'm 43, but we have not in this this, oh, this, this, this generation, age. huh? Yeah, oh, well, you, you might age. be. Yeah, you know, but 
my my mom's generation, my mom is 64, okay? And they were the first benefactors of the civil rights movement. And I'm going to say benefactors, and I'm going to put that in quotes, because right. you have to ask yourself, what what was their benefit? Well, these were the first Negroes to move out of the urban area and into the into the what was called the suburban, quote-unquote, middle class. And they ran like their hair was on fire to get out from urban areas, and 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 they left a huge vacuum inside the they, they you know they left a huge vacuum inside of the communities. Sure. So, uh, they're now realizing that there was no welcoming wagon in the uh, in the middle class America that was shown on TV, and and in fact there was uh, a lot of things that needed to be overcome that took just as much work to overcome and build this uh, racial utopia that's, uh, that's touted, okay? Some of, them even went, uh, some of them even went so far as to, you know, say that they had arrived in a post-racial America, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they got delivered back from the post-racial America, uh, they, were, they were kind of mystified at the fact that they had been there and now had come back and, and racism was still alive. And so I say that to say this. We have we have had one entire generation that has been largely disengaged from the process of fighting for civil rights. One mm-hmm. at least one entire generation. So when you look at our civil rights leaders during the '60s, when we did get some substantive laws changed and we had some movements created, okay, right? They weren't really they weren't really about getting on TV and. They wanted to really get some things done. Once that genre of leadership passed, and I'm talking about Malcolm, and I'm talking about Martin, and I'm talking about Ella, I'm talking about those that were getting things done. They were organizing and they were doing things. They weren't named, you know, they became names more so after they died. Right, okay? right. right, right. Yeah. But we have folks who, you know, who love the limelight, who want to be known as the civil rights leader. And so what happens is, I know is we haven't about. really. Yeah, we we haven't really been engaged in, and I'm not I'm not trying to talk to, to down talk any individual, but can we truly say that we've been engaged in the process of changing the law, which is what it takes to change the condition in America? No, we you haven't. see when it, it hasn't been happening. We have been affecting some organ, some companies who 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 wouldn't hire blacks, and then they hire blacks and treat them like crap. We have gotten mm-hmm. some companies to do that. We have had some cities hire black police officers, and they wouldn't hire black police officers, and then they hire them and then treat them like crap. We have gotten some cities to hire black firemen and so forth. We've, we've, we've accomplished that, that stuff. But when we had situations like affirmative action being uh, eviscerated three, two years ago, three years ago, our leadership has basically – it became a 15-second or 15-minute talk or conversation on national news media – and then it was it was put aside. It wasn't something that. And these are things that are foundational to our progress. And right. so I'm saying that there needs to be a rebirth, a reawakening, if you will, of, of of black conscious to actually engage this system. Because when we truly do engage it, it does create change for our community. It really does. Uh, there's there was no hope for a, a Barack Obama without a black community getting behind that brother. Yes. Period. There was no hope for a civil rights uh, movement without black people getting up and saying that we, with enough of this Jim Crow justice, we want to change this. And it changed. 
We applied the right political pressure, and, and we were up against nasty racists at that point. We're up against the sophisticated racists right now, okay? And they use policy and law to, to create the conditions that they do. Most some a lot of young people can't they don't even recognize racial laws that are affecting their lives right now. Mr. Newton. And, Mr. Newton. Mr. Newton. Mm-hmm. You know what? This has been great. I only got thirty seconds left. And oh, um, oh. Uh, I know, I know. We could go on and on. But I wanna say this. I really like for you to come back in two thousand sixteen. I know you travel all over the country between you go travel all over the country and, and, and you go to school. We really had to finish this up because this is not gonna stop. No. So I thank you for coming on the show. And yeah, I'd like to yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for having me, brother. Okay? Yeah, thanks for having me, brother Ken. Okay. All right. Thank you, brother John. You're welcome. That's it. I'd like to break I'd like to thank Jonathan Newton for coming on the show. As I always sign off, I am we because we are, and we are because I am. I'm out. Hey, Marie, come here. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.